God bless you, child. <laughs> I know it couldn't have been easy. So we're not going to delay. We're going to bring you on up. Thank you, um, 12 Pump Sister Queen. I appreciate you. I'm going to bring this down, Kira. We've got everybody. This is Kira Simmons. Hello, Kira. <laughs> How are you? I am doing great. I am blessed and highly Absolutely, you are. Absolutely, you are. Thanks for coming through. Thank you for inviting me. I appreciate this. Yeah, I. You know, we usually have, we usually have one or the other. The one returning from um, incarceration, or, you know, the, the 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 loved one that's waiting. But never the pair. The pairs rarely happens here, so I'm excited to have you on as the wife that supported, as his wife that supported him through his um, his ups and downs, and 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 they were ups and downs. Yes, they were. Yes. Wow. You want to introduce yourself because I know you've spent some time in school and you've done a lot of things. So you want to briefly introduce yourself, and then we can go right in and I'll ask you some questions to get you started. Absolutely. Can you hear me well? Say again, baby. Can you hear me well? I can hear you, yes. Okay, good. So my name is Kira Simmons, Raina. And um, where do I begin, right? Um, I am a mother of three beautiful children, 25-year-old son, 12-year-old daughter, and seven-year-old son, or six-year-old, 27, and married to a very strong, passionate, uh, wonderful man of God, Ricardo. I am a daughter of pastors. I grew up um, in the household of Christian pastor parents. I um, was born in Panama. I was born in Panama. I arrived to the United States when I was about five years old. So my story alone, my husband's story aligned in many ways. I came to the U.S. at five and um, went all through school, graduated high school, um, attended Niagara College. And from there, went on to start my career as a social worker. And I later um, earned my master's degree at the University in um, New York, New York. <laughs> and um, sky's been the limit since then, right? That's so, right. Like you, there's so many ways that we can um, continue our education and get certified in so many different um, fields, different specialties. I have a few specialties that I um, am certified in. I'm a licensed social worker, um, mental health first aid as well, certified, um, an educator, work for the education system in New York City, and currently on hiatus, right? Trying to attend and tend to the family unit. <laughs> wow. Thank you. You definitely have had a, a, a full a full life, huh? Yes. yes. Yes, of course. And you said 25 year old, um, 25 year old. So you, so that one is before Ricardo, I'm gathering. Yes. That's and, correct. And then you have your 12 and your seven year old. Uh, you said Ricardo Jr. and? I'm Seth and Kaylin. I'm sorry. I think we're you. You're going a, a little in, a little out. I'm gonna try to stay. Yes. Can you hear me good now? 
I hear you well. I think you got to get closer to your um, computer. My microphone. Gotcha. Your microphone. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say hello to the chat first. Um, I see First Lady popped in. How are you? Good to see you. Hey, Chris, eleven twenty one. These are my Twitch my Twitch uh, uh, chat room. Twitch usually has different types of names. <laughs> so we got Chris eleven twenty one. I see you, love. Thanks so much for showing off joining us. And um, we're gonna get started. And thank you for your intro. It was, you know, it was. Um, I'm gonna say kind of different. Okay. Is it fair for me to say that it was? I mean, I know what you're. You're. I know you went to school, so um, it takes it takes it takes all types to make a world, right? And it takes all types of people to support loved ones. You can yes. never. You can't. You can't. Um, what is it? You can't control who you love or. You really don't have a decision in who you love? Is that what they say? That's what they say. I beg to differ, but yeah, that's okay. what they as well. <laughs> so you could have changed your mind is what you're saying. <laughs> it's a choice. It's a choice. Okay, I'm with you on that because I definitely exercise my right to choose. So, yeah. but you know, I wanted to address that. So you so you were born in panama as well now did you and ricardo meet in panama no we did not we did not meet in panama we um our our paths have definitely aligned along the way very much so um mm -hmm. but i didn't meet ricardo until my teenage years in the streets of brooklyn oh okay so you both lived in brooklyn then yeah turns out we were in the same elementary school but we didn't know it Wow. Wow. And you guys have three children. And okay, so we know that Ricardo, Ricardo was on our last week, Thursday night. So we know a little bit about Ricardo, right? He, um, he got off to a start. I think he was 17 when he was arrested the first time, right? right. And, um, and then he went on from there. He came home after he was arrested at 17. I believe he was deported correct no order, order deported sure at that age um but not deported until um 2006. so that 17 year old when he was 17 he stayed that was his sentence until 2006. correct wow okay and at that time that he was due to be released he was deported correct okay so when did you guys connect Man, I'm so happy you're asking because connect is the word. Right. Um, so I told you I met him in my teenage years, late teens, 15, 16 years old. Um, friendship, always a friendship. Um, always attracted to his energy. Um, you know, his is uh, he has a big, huge heart, right? So that was attractive. He was my friend. Um, he got arrested at 17, and we always stayed in touch definitely made it a point to stay in contact with me via letters i mean and i was i i i was a, a child of pastors so i was on lockdown so for me to be able to communicate it was hard man getting those letters in the mail and hiding them and and, and trying to read them on the sneak right because where wow. are you getting from prison <laughs> <laughs> wow 
he was my friend and we stayed in touch through letters. He um, always called, tried to call or write me. Uh, when I went off to college, we spoke. Um, I gave him my college address. He wrote me then. So he always made it a point to stay in touch, to stay connected. And from the beginning, from 17, 18 years old, told me, you're going to be my wife. We're going to get married. And I'm like, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and this is why he was inside he told you this i mean this is why he was 18 19 years old right um, inside. we're gonna get married one day i mean i have the letters to prove it we're gonna get married and so forth so he spoke this into existence right so um and 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 i and i'm too honored to um have waited um and, and be gifted with the opportunity to continue a life with him together by the side um, definitely from become, from being a friend to becoming my husband has been a long journey. So we always stay connected um, via phone calls and letters. And so when he came home the first time when he was deported in 2006, I immediately found my way to Panama for, for the first time in decades. Wow. Um, and I came down and we saw each other and we decided we wanted to get married. And in 2007, we were married in Panama. Wow. So the letters worked, huh? The letters worked. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. I know we have we have some we've got a lot of a, a lot of different stories about the letters and you know, uh, I'm so happy yours worked having, you know, the the communication via letter um that worked. In yeah. 2007, so you guys got married in 2007. 2007, we were married here in Panama. Um, of course, he was here. Um, and uh, I came down, my family was here. My dad has always been back and forth. Um, so we, um, they all came down, we got married. And about nine, three years later, I we became pregnant with our daughter, who's now 12. Now, when you were coming back and when you came down to be with him in 2007, did, did you, you said your dad was always back and forth. Correct. Were you connected to your family on your dad's side in Panama? So I, my dad was here back and forth. My entire, most of my family is in the United States, um, but we definitely have some, some relatives out here. I connected Ricardo with my dad while he was out here just for support because he came to a country he did not know. He was born here, but he didn't know this country. Barely knew the language. Um, his dad was out here, but that was about the only family connection he had to this country. So you're talking about a man that was raised in the United States and um, was deported to a country that was foreign to him. Right, so that's I right. Made, I made sure to connect him with my dad. Um, and I said, Papa, this is family. I need you to help take care of him. He's a good friend of mine. And um, and, and it went from there. But he didn't, he didn't last. We, we had a good relationship, a very solid, strong relationship. But again, remember, he doesn't know this country at that time. Right. And you here has to get to know the system out here and the language out here and the way of life. So it was difficult for him. And he was yeah. what twenty one, right? He was no. He at that time in two thousand six, he was in his in his thirties. So 30s. in his thirties, so he he was a grown man in, in a foreign land um, that how was long, to be his 
home, but it wasn't. How long was his, how long was that the bit when he was 17? Yeah, he did about almost 12, between 12 to 15 years. I can't think of the numbers yet, but it, it was a harsh sentence for a youth. A, a, a 17 year old? That is correct. Wow. First offense, right? So talk about the justice system being so unjust when it comes to our black and brown men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that really is, um, that's quite a sentence there. Yeah. Um, wow. And so when you guys, so you guys came, hi, beauty for you, how are you? Thanks for coming through, I see you. Yeah, so you guys were married um, when he was in his 30s. Correct. I'm yep. stuck on I'm stuck on the I'm stuck on the 12 to 15 year sentence at 17 years old. I was stuck there for a long time. I think. Um, yeah, but was it may I ask, was that murder? No, not at all. It was an attempt of of some not murder, an attempt, I believe attempt robbery um, at that age. Um, growing up in the streets of Brooklyn, mm -hmm. Blackwood, right? Um, in the nineties was not easy for a young man, especially a young man that was sort of raising himself out there. He was yes, because we he shared about his mom and, and dad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was part of a family unit, but he was pretty much on his own. Right. Um, raising himself in the streets of Brooklyn. So my 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 take on that was the odds were against him from the very beginning. Um, right. uh, low socioeconomic status in his family. Um, very, very uh, a lack of resources in the community that he lives, a lack of a lack of access to good things. And so most of those young men ran streets. Yes, and they definitely did. And so and so your dad, when he went out there to when he went out there and he accepted the responsibility you placed on him to look after your friend yeah. at the time what was he thinking did he was was he thinking that oh my god my daughter's gonna marry this guy oh my god <laughs> so, so 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 ricardo's charm is a natural one right he's, he's <laughs> a people's champ so he won my father's heart over easy oh <laughs> that's good that well that's good yeah so he that, I'm sure I'm sure that was good for you too. It kind of it kind of lightened everything. It did. It did. I said he's family, take care of him at that point. My father's a lot older. I'm an adult, so he's not, you know, hung hung hold watching over me. So he took my word. He trusted me, right? So he took my word for it. This is family, this is my friend. You need to help him out. So how long, how long were you out there? How long was Ricardo out there? And hold this thought, baby. I'm gonna get a, a light. Hold on. Sure. How long was Ricardo out there before you moved out there? So so the first time um, that he finished that um, 12 to 15 year term and was deported to Panama. I came down, we got married in 2007. Okay. Um, I, I will reiterate, he was in a foreign land. He knew nothing about being in this country, um, in Panama. So 
it was needless to say he was going to try to find his way back home. Home was the United States of America, um, New York State. That was his home. So eager to find his place back in life. You're talking about re-entering society from a long prison term as a youth. You're coming out a whole man um, in, in this land of the unknown. You want to go home. You want to go to your family, his, his mother, right. his siblings, his friends. Everything he ever knew was in the United States. And, so, need, and needless to say, he didn't know much about the country he lived in either. All right. America. Nothing, nothing at all. Nothing right. at all. Hey, he didn't even know he was illegal in America. Right. He didn't have <laughs> order deported. What? I'm not legal. Wow. wow. <laughs> he was in America since he was like two years old. Right. So he was raised, educated. Um, the system benefited from, from him all throughout his life. And he needed to go back home. He, you know, you want to make connections and you're here by yourself in a foreign land. Um, it, it, it goes without saying that you're going to find your way back home. And back home was the United States. So he did. He, he made his way back um, around 2000, a year after we got married. Mm-hmm. In his way back to his home. That was his home. And now where, where where did that leave you? Well, I went right to where he was, where he landed, and I went and picked him up and brought him home to me. Um, yeah. That's my husband now. So <laughs> I was there ready, willing, and able um, to support him, to support him. So um, he comes back to New York with me, and we start a life together as a married couple. Okay. Now, and that didn't have, now you guys were married in Panama. I'm just, I'm just, you know, um, asking. So you guys, did you have to get remarried? In, no, because you were both born in Panama. So you're both citizens of Panama. Correct. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So, wow. All right. So you guys went back to New York, came back to New York. Um, yeah. And, and you started to live a life. Yeah. And I mean, then and then I we became pregnant a year later with our daughter. And at what point did Ricardo end up going back? So 2009 we get pregnant with my daughter. We are living a good healthy life. I mean, he's with family, he's in the land that he knows, he's in the country that he knows. Um, everything was going great. I mean, he wasn't legal, so he had to find odd jobs here and there to help support his family, of course. So you're talking about anywhere from construction work to, to working as a baker, to cleaning offices, to whatever he can get his hands on to make a living, an honest living for his He's family. Hustling. Yeah, we, hu we hustle in the land of honesty. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was kind of that, that, uh, that, um, constant breadwinner for the family in a sense, in a way. And of course that, that wouldn't feel all the way a hundred percent good with him. Right. Um, because um, the man that he is, he wants to be that provider. He wants to be that head of household, right? But he's in a position where he has to trust that I'm in a position where I can do this for us. I've always been blessed with great jobs in my career. Um, so I, I was able to hold us up um, during that time, but when when things get a little bit difficult, I remember I had I was pregnant with my now six year old son, 
and I had a high risk pregnancy and I had to leave my job that I was in. Um, and I was making very, very good money. So that was a hard hit for us um, financially for me not to work. Um, his, his back is against the wall. He's trying to figure out how do we make this and sustain this? How do I help sustain my wife during this time, right? And, um, you know, you revert back to what you know and um, not keeping too, too much of a healthy company. He got caught up out there. He was arrested. And that happened back in 2015. Um, and he ended up in prison again. But he, he did prison time for the illegal reentry to the country. The only country he knew that he called home. He was um, sentenced for entering without consent from the government. So he did seven years. I was pregnant. I was about five to six months pregnant with our our last child, our our six-year-old son, and um, gave birth and everything while he was still incarcerated. And we maintained, we, we kept going and going and going. And it was hard. It was not easy. It was hard for him. It was hard for me. He was incarcerated physically and mentally, and I was incarcerated as well because I didn't have my husband. I didn't have my head of household, my partner with me. And I had to do life as a mom of now three um, by myself, of course, with the help of family, but in my household, in my family unit, now I became the everything for us. Right. Wow. Do you think that um, it put a lot of pressure on, because I hear you say we, and you know, you were the head of household for us. And so I hear you including him. And yes. that's, a, you know, I, I hear that. I'm clear. Um do you think it put pressure on him? That it put, a, it put a lot of pressure on him. And that not not only that you were head of household, but that you were successful. Like you have your Correct. you had your bachelor's and did you just finish with your master's or you I had, had it then too? I had just finished with my yeah. master's. He was so super proud, right? Yeah. Um, but it definitely I can imagine the pressure, the pressure that he felt in trying to level up. Yeah. Um and 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 you know, be that be that man in the eyes of my family as well, because you know you're now joining another family, a well-to-do family, and you want to prove yourself as a man. Right. So definitely, the pressure was there. I I always try to 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 communicate to him. Hey, listen, I'll take this on. Stay home with our kids. You know, help me help help our unit out the way we need. We don't have to follow the traditions. That's right, baby. I'm able and capable. Um, I can do this while you do that. You know, and that's how we're going to help each other. This is what's going to work for us. That's right. That's right. That's um, but, but, you know, in his mind, it's like, mm, yeah, that sounds great, but it don't feel too great, right? Right, right. I think, you know, probably at points in times like that, it's like, you know, society puts so much on all of us yes it just puts so much on all of us and i know i remember when i was talking to him last week you know he was saying something he's got a job and i'm so happy for him and yeah. you and yeah. that's fantastic and then he was but i remember him saying something else that kind of alluded to he wants more of course he wants more we all want more right but um but I reminded him that 
He has everything anybody wants. Everything. Mm-hmm. He's got a beautiful wife. Oh, he's okay. got these beautiful children. And then yes. he's got your parents. Yes. Or, you know, and these are, you know, and from, from the side of the fence that your parents are from. And then he's got his parents, because both of them are yes. healthy, you know, and living life and they're right there. And so it's like, dude, we 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 all, not him, not you, not me only. But it's like, when do we, when do we accept that we are enough? Mm. When? Mm. Yes, yes, you yes. Know, want more. Always want more. Always want more. Always want more. You know, and and and, and not that there's anything wrong with that. There, I guess what I'm saying is there needs to be a healthy balance of more. You know acceptance for where you are and i say this to you and to the to the chat room like i'm saying it to myself because i have to be reminded as well i mean i left i i had a life that was way somewhere else <laughs> far from where i am now you know and so of course i want i would like to have my lifestyle back right you know and so i don't think those i don't think those those levels of want disappear. Mm-hmm. But what happens and what happened for me is a level of acceptance emerged. So I'm at a place in my life where I can accept what this is right now. Mm-hmm. I still want, and I catch myself too, and I'm like, all right, girl, you know, this is temporary. We got to do this. Yeah. This is where we at, you know, but... um acceptance being the the biggest word in my vocabulary today you know love it it, lynette can i say two things to that one yes acceptance and there and that time we spent apart we've been married 15 years and we've been apart for half of that time so seven years apart seven years together that's been difficult um but it helped me to appreciate exactly what you're talking about. All the richness that we actually have because I missed it when we weren't together, when we were forced to be apart as a family. Right. It helped right. me to learn. All I wanted was my husband home with me. I, I can care less how much money we had. I just wanted us to be together and that was my prayer. Lord, mm-hmm. help us bring this family back together, reunification. Um, yeah. Because that's what I felt made us whole. Acceptance, mm-hmm. yes. But I'll tell you one thing, Lynette. When there's a, a yearning on the inside of you, because when you know that you know you were created for greatness, yes. there's yearning, there's this tickling inside of you that won't let you go. Right. Until you have, one, either reached or are on that journey to that. And I, I know for a fact that he feels that. I feel it. I know it for me, but I think he knows it for himself. Mm. He was created for greatness. Um, there's a greatness on the inside of him that's dying to explode if he can only be given that opportunity, right? Mm. So you could see it from the beginning in his youthful years how how can you orchestrate a whole unit of boys and, you know, you're one of the leaders of the pack. And, I mean, it takes a lot of brain power, intelligence, strength, know-how to, to, to do and get away with certain things, um, it's when you channel that in the right direction that, that you become 
according to society, prosperous and successful. So he has that on the inside of him. He just needs yeah. that opportunity to show forth, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that's what he means when he says he wants more. He knows he was created for more. Right. And, I, you know, I was having a conversation um, with with uh, someone that I have an immense amount of respect for. And we were talking about the street, if you will. And um, never leaves you. Let me jot that down. I want to say I want to I want to say hello to some some of the people that popped into the chat while I was talking to you. Hey, DJ Flavor, thanks for um, thanks for popping in. It's good to see you, DJ. Cut them close. Hey, Bam Bam, how you doing, Celeste? I wanted you to hear the beginning, um, Toy Reed. I wanted you to hear the beginning of this because this sister was one that had her love letters with her um, with her um with her now husband and they worked <laughs> and uh not that's not that so that's not had a conversation uh toy reed and i had a conversation about that as it pertained to someone else and um and the letters didn't the letters didn't work it was it became something else um but how y'all doing thanks for thanks for joining us here thank you lurkers thanks tall pumps for putting that lurker in there because you know i forget sometimes who to thank, you know, but thank you to the lurkers that are out there just listening. They're just listening. They're not part of the chat room. And that's, that's peace. I appreciate you just the same. I see your question, Tall Pumps. Um, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to address mine. And I'm just looking at the, uh, the, the ebb and flow of the conversation. So I'm going to address the question that I have and not even the question, but I want to bring, I want to bring forth a statement about when we were talking about enough and wanting more, I was having a conversation, like I said, with somebody that I have an immense amount of respect for. We were talking about the street, not that I know anything about the street. Cause I don't, you know, I mean, you know, I got a little edge, but you know, <laughs> but, um, the conversation was that, when you have set most 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 of us set goals and even 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 people in the street you know living that street life that hustling and, and whatever they're doing um in in the street they set goals just like just like those that are not in the street set goals right. and on and 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 because the person was saying you always people always wonder why why does that person come home from prison and go right back into the street doing the same thing they feel like they can do it different and in something and they end up back in prison and then they come out and they go back to prison again from the, like what is wrong with that person and the the, the 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 person i was talking to said just like everybody else everybody has goals and until those goals are met that street is going to call you just like goals Thank God I met my goals. <laughs> I actually surpassed my goals, even though, you know, it went it went left mm. in achieving the goal. But I got to see I, I lived that life. You know what I mean? And so that's not calling me anymore. Trust me. But um, but I understand. I understand that that need to go forth. Absolutely. It's crazy. And not only do I understand it, I respect it. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And as a man, more so, and a man with a family. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there are goals. There are goals. Um, and just to speak to that, the, the, the ones who end up going back, there's so many layers to that. 
right? There's so many layers to how prepared are they um, coming back? How much support do they have? Constant support that they can trust. They're coming from a world where they didn't trust no man. Now you're out here. You got to make it happen. Who do you trust? How do you do it? What access do you have depending on where you live? There are so many layers that, that, that contribute to these men or women going back to prison. And it's not always their choice. Right. It's right. not always their choice. I mean, we, not, all, we all have a choice. It's not always an easy choice. And not only that too, but you know, just being from you know having been on the inside, it's not it's not always a choice. Um, like you said, every time we say that, we want to say yes. There we do have choices, right? We definitely do have choices, but it's kind of hard. And this wasn't my situation, but I'm just saying to respectfully to those whose situation it was like that. I made a I made a I made a sound decision and and made a left turn, and it was the wrong decision. And mm. it was wrong, you mm. know. I own it. Yes, it was not. It was not the smartest thing ever to do. But um, but I'm, I'm now I'm speaking to the ones that had these other decisions that they needed to make. When your child is hungry, and 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 you're hungry, mm. and nobody has shoes. I mean, I'm being a little extreme because I live in New York. We don't really see people walking around with no shoes on unless they are actually homeless people, right? Right. So, but but I'm saying you know you. The choices are slim. The choices get slim when when the stomach is growling and you know your child is hungry. You can still have your apartment, right? Mm -hmm. You can still have your apartment. You can still have your clothes because you, when you lose, most of the people that live in America are mm -hmm. one paycheck away from being homeless. Talk about it. So when you miss that paycheck, and that, and then you get fired or you get laid off and your kids get hungry and you get hungry. Mm -hmm. You're not mm -hmm. thinking straight because mm -hmm. all you're thinking about is eating, eating. Correct. You've got to eat. Your kids need to eat. So Correct. you walk out of your house, you still look like a million dollars. I, I mean, well, what you're supposed to look like because you did work, <laughs> you know? Correct. So, you know, so people don't, it's like New York is the greatest mask. Mm -hmm. It's the greatest when it comes to masking what's yes. real. Yes. Because out here, I'm not the only one that makes living life look easy. Mm. And I'm Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the culture in New York, right? That's right. We, we look our best. Yeah. You know, we, we operate under these masks every day, all day. But they're not they're not telling of the true story, the true experiences and the true circumstances that we struggle within, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. Those drive many choices that we make. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do. And they drive so much harder than the choices that we can see that we have. Correct. You know, let's talk about human nature. You know, Absolutely. so so when you talk about we have choices, or not when you talk about, but when we talk about the choices that we have, it gets slim sometimes. It, it definitely gets slim sometimes. Absolutely. I'm going to bring this question to the chat because I've seen it. Um, and um, during during the time, this is Tall Pump's question, during the time that your husband came back, and wait, wait let, me, let me read exactly what she asked because I always do that, right? I invert it so I can. <laughs> but um, during the time he came back, did they fall in love? Oh, no, did they feel, oh, did they feel like they were living in secret, always looking over their shoulder? 
So I gather that that's the first time he came back. To, to um, New York City. When you, when you went to New York, he came to New York and you guys were together in New York City after. The deport, the first deportation. Absolutely. Talk about a heavy burden on your shoulders, um, knowing that anything can happen and he can be discovered, right? So that was, that was the primary source of a lot of the struggles that he and I had with each other. It was my fight to keep him laying low because I know your circumstance and let me be the one out there. You lay low because I need you here. Right. And his struggle with, I need to get out there and make this happen for us, right? So that that was the root of, of most of our arguments, most of our problems. It was, I want you here with me, so I want you hidden. He's like, I'm not created to be hidden anywhere. I'm going out there. I'm going to make this happen, right? right. Um, so it was hard, but I'm gonna, I, I, I cannot continue with this interview without even giving honor to God, who I credit 100% of our strength to. Because a lot of times we think we know the way, we have these goals, we have this vision for our journey, and God's plan is totally different. Right. And so I have to honor that God was always at the center of our relationship as much as we could, as much as we were able to keep him there. And thank goodness for that, because that's what ordered a lot of our footsteps and a lot of my decisions came out of my devotion with my relationship with God. So I was able to, to help Ricardo see that there's another way, you know, or see that you, you should be patient or you it will happen. So, I mean, that, that living un, under... The radar was extremely difficult, more for him than it was for me, but I carried the burden because yeah. I didn't want him to be discovered. I knew who he was, and I know you're not a criminal. And here we have it. He got discovered, right? Absolutely. And my fears came to fruition, right? When I heard my husband was arrested, my whole world came crumbling down. Because I knew, I knew what that meant. Wow. Wow. I knew what so I actually came, I had been in Colorado at that time visiting with his family. And when I got that phone call, a high risk pregnancy and a, and a four year old girl, we are going back on that airplane. I got to get back to New York and, and see, see what I can do. I need to do something. Right. I need to do something. I didn't know what I was going to do, but I need to help. I need, we need help. It's SOS, right? My husband yeah. needs me. So I went right, right back and, 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 and started that battle with the, with the legal system. Wow. Just legal. So that, yeah, that, that was hard. Yeah. Now, how much responsibility did you feel for that? A lot of responsibility because I felt like his back once again was against a wall where he had to figure things out on his own. I was out of work um, due to my high-risk pregnancy and I was out of the state and he was trying to sustain everything we had. We had a beautiful apartment. Um, we had uh, a car at the time. Um, we've always had and here he is left to fend for all of that on his own. So I felt super responsible. Mm. Um, that, that my choice in wanting to get, I don't know if you know, 
many women, when, when we're pregnant, you know, it kind of it kind of uh, messes with your head. So I notice every pregnancy, I want out. I'm out of New York. I need a new life. I need a new start. I need this. I need that. And I want it out. And he's like, <laughs> pregnancy talk. And I'm like, no, no, no. We got to get out of here. We need to go. This apartment smells like steel. I can't <laughs> take it anymore. <laughs> I'm out of here. We are leaving. And he's like, no, we have a beautiful home. We have a car. We have this. And I left and left him to fend for all of that on his own. When you say you left, sis, where did you leave to go? I, I wanted to explore other states. I went to Colorado to visit his family. <laughs> make it out there. Wow. 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 Well, listen, you know, like you said, we all want something, right? We all yeah. have goals and we all want to, we all want to live this life, you know? Of course. Of course. Yeah. So, I mean, pressure came knocking. And he had to answer to the pressure. Wow. Wow. So when he was arrested, so now you're rushing back home because you got to get back there to, the, to your other children. All right. Well, I have, I have my daughter. I'm pregnant with my, our, our oh, yeah, the baby. And I had my oldest son um, and he was with his dad at the time. And, um, I came back to New York, um, you know, and seeing, you know, praying my life away in prayer every night on my knees, crying out to God, like, God, you got to do something. You know, he, he, he doesn't belong in there. He, he's not that man. That heart needs to be out here. Um, it broke my heart. It broke my world um, when he got arrested. And I tell you, it was only the goodness and grace of God that sustained me and family. <laughs> but that was what sustained me and here we are it was three years at Rikers Island just going you know waiting for court dates that unsettlingness for three years was hard um what's gonna happen what's gonna become of him what are they gonna do about all this and having hope trying to hold on to hope um throughout those three years that he was at Rikers Island and um expensive as heck you know um yeah now I'm now I'm with child and now I have to go back to work no matter what and God has always been good to me with in my career I've always been blessed with great jobs and I worked um you know now you have attorney fees now you have you know you gotta his time in there is expensive now right so it's an added stress um for me as well and for him I mean he had good people around him I have to to give credit to his friends that remain faithful friends throughout and they helped out when they could i That's would get phone calls i would get you know visits like here hold on to this is this is for my boy this is to help with the legal um charges and and you know i had a lot of support and help in that way but the responsibility was still on me right so that was hard three years waiting to see what's going to happen is he going to be sentenced is he not is going to be deported I'm holding on to every string of hope that you have because, man, it's hard um, when your loved one is incarcerated and you can't help them. Wow. That, that I, don't, I don't have to tell you how many sleepless nights and nights that I fried myself to sleep and held on to my babies and, and wished their father was here. It was hard for my daughter. Her father was everything for her. He was, the, he was in the PTA at school. Remember, I was the one working. 
So he was the one home taking care of her, helping me out with my oldest. And when she lost her dad, man, that was heavy. Um, so dealing with that, you know, was, was difficult in and of itself. So, I mean, it was hard. And then finally the sentence comes through and it's like, oh, eight. I'm like, eight, eight, ten. What? Huh? What? No. So um, for illegal reentry, eight years, like that's a lot. Um, that's a and, lot. That's a lot. I mean, the judge didn't want to hear from me. He didn't. You don't even me. get that much when you abscond. A $2 million bail. What? For who, what, who did what to anyone to have that kind of bail? And they knew he was in the system already. Absolutely. For 12 years. You're talking about $2 million. At that time was the same time that that young man had shot up that Baptist church. I remember this so clearly. And he had the same bail my husband did. And he murdered people. And it's like, what kind of justice system are we living with that was, like that was so unfair and, and unreasonable on so many levels. Um, but that's what we faced. And so there went my hope. I, I held on. I knew God was going to make a way. I was sure of that. And I just had to be patient. Um, but it was hard. It was hard being patient. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Um, Kira, how many times were you ready to walk when you mm. weren't when you weren't pregnant? I had a few times where I I didn't want to walk. I was tired. I was tired of the responsibility. I was tired of the heartache, of the sadness, of the difficult in the circumstances, having to travel so far to go see him with my two kids, um, going through, you know, the visitation process. By the time I used to see my husband, I was in a bad mood. I didn't want to see him again because they, they put you through heck and back when you go visit um, these men out there. Um, so I was tired. I didn't, I never, walking away from my marriage was never an option in my mind. I, I knew, and that was driven by my devotion to God, and but that was also driven by Ricardo's love for me. He always fought for us, for me. He, 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 he was relentless with that. Even while in prison, he made himself present in our household um, through phone calls, through letters, um, any way that he could. He remained a, a presence. And it's hard to walk away from that. So walking away was never an option, but I got tired a few times. And mm -hmm. I was like, you know, do you have to? That was never a question. I knew I had to stick it out. Did I want to always? No. Mm -hmm. It was really, really hard. Um, especially when temptations come your way and they present themselves as, I can help you. Mm -hmm. I, I can be that for you. Mm -hmm. um, you deserve better. Deserve. Mm -hmm. um, it, was, it was tempting, but it was never to the point where in my mind that was ever an option. Wow. Um, that's, a, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's it was awesome. hard, though. It wasn't like I didn't have the temptations. Right. It just came. Um, but they came and left. And and I had to say no a lot. And I wasn't perfect. 
No one is. I was yeah. not perfect, but our love, the love he has for me was my driving force. Wow. That's awesome. So it sounds like, you know, I don't know, when I was talking to him, it sounded like in and out, in and out, but it seems like it was only, what, twice? Now, when I say only, I just mean relative to um, thinking four or five times. Twice. It was so twice. Time as a youth offender at seventeen, right. does time all the way up until his early thirties, gets deported, he finds his way back home, and about about seven years later, he's rearrested, wow. and has to do time, and again another seven. And now you guys are where? We are in Panama. All right. So when he was released, he went to he was deported to, to Panama. Correct. I understand there's still something pending, which determines, you know, uh, when he's able to actually leave there and, uh, and and move on. Well, not even move forward with his life. He's got his wife. He's got every, I mean, yeah. everybody's there. Yes. You're, yes. you're moving on now. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, and, and I and you could have asked me a few years ago. I'd have been like me, Panama. Uh uh. Not me. What am I gonna go? I don't even know that. Though. I don't know that place. I'm not going <laughs> that there. Um, right. Husband was deported this year, not not that long ago, a few months ago, and I found myself here that that week. Wow. Um, I spoke to my school principal. I work for the school system. Like, listen, yeah. I need I need this time. My husband's home. It's been seven years. A long time coming. Our son does not know him that well, and I need our family our family needs healing i'm going um so i came for 10 days and left and it was the hardest um this time around was really hard to leave him behind um and then i i i i knew there was no there was no choice to make the the inevitable was here i was gonna have to leave everything i knew everything i had worked hard for and prepared myself for. I had to walk away so that my family could be together because we were not <laughs> separated anymore. Wow. So so I so the system didn't win. No, they did not. <laughs> Here we are. Here yes. we are, still standing, still together, still. I mean, it's it's not it's not all roses, right? It's not a bed of roses, but mm -hmm. you have two people that are determined to make their marriage until death do us part, no matter what. Um, a lot of forgiveness had to come into play because there was a infidelity in the marriage and that was hard. Um, yes. so we had to, we, we are still working on learning to trust ourselves again, each other, mm -hmm. um, trusting the love, but also trusting the commitment. Mm -hmm. um, I was very frustrated with him throughout this time Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of shaming and blaming, you know, and then I had to realize that, you know, life is life. And if you're going to commit to this marriage, you're going to have to let that go. That's right. That's going to become a stumbling block in how we grow. And so I made the choice. That's why I keep saying that word. I made the choice mm -hmm. to stay in this marriage and make this work. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and we have to both work hard at that in order for that to be successful. So I am here in Panama, me and my two kids, our two kids together, my oldest mm -hmm. son is back in New York. Mm -hmm. And God, God only knows. 
<laughs> You're right. He only knows. But I'm so, so happy for you guys. Thank you. I'm so happy for you guys. I'll just, you know, it honestly, it just warms my heart because the system has every opportunity to win, every opportunity to split these black and brown families this way, that way, and every which way. Yeah. And you guys are winning. And yes. um, yes. for as long as you're winning, you're winning. Yes. That's, that. that's yeah. a blessing. I'm so happy about that. So, 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 how's Panama? Tell me about Panama. I might end up out there. <laughs> so glad I came back to visit because what I had, the image I had in my mind, is absolutely nothing of what I what I encountered out here. I mean, it's amazing. It's a beautiful city. You can compare it. They call it Little Dubai. Really? Uh, filled with skyscrapers and oh, it's it's like if you're in Miami. That's how wow. it's, the palm trees. It's not just a beautiful city. I mean, you have your 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 areas where you can see the poverty and right like that. But I'm so I'm so grateful that I came here at a time where this country is prospering. You know, prosperous. Prosper, yeah, and and there are opportunities to make it happen out here. So I can see this working. My plans, my plans, not God's plans. My plans are to return. Um, I only asked for a year's leave of absence from my job, but my plans are definitely um, to return. I don't, I don't know anything else, right? I know, I know the United States of America. Um, I'm right. there, but God only knows where where the path will lead and what impact we can have here in this country. And America is not, United States is not the end all be all, you know. Absolutely. Prosperous in other places, um, and and your purpose can be very much fulfilled in other places. So it's a matter of just seeing where God leads us. For now, we're here. We're together. We're happy, and we said it. We are not going to be separated again. Not by choice. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I feel good about you guys. I have a really, really good feeling about you guys in the future and your children. I just know, I know it's all going to work out. I know it's all going to work out. Nothing's easy. It never is. It's just, you know, but the resilience is someone um, in our chat mentioned the resilience and and the commitment is just, it's just, um, it's, it's refreshing to see. Amen. Yeah, it's really yeah. refreshing to see. So yeah. I, I, I'm happy for you guys. Oh my God. And I can't wait to come to Panama because I'm definitely coming out there. You know, come on over, Lynette. Yeah. I, and if you don't stop calling me Lynette, let me change, <laughs> change my name in there. I'm just gonna put a cookie from now on. <laughs> I know because you get so used to reading the prompt. Yeah. Yeah. Lynette. Um, no, yeah, you're welcome. Um, our doors are open. There's so much opportunity out here. I mean, there's nothing. Panama's not lacking anything. There's nothing that they're lacking that they're not up, you know, to par with. Um, sky's the limit here too. Um, right yeah. now, he's on his way to a studio. You know, he's trying to do his own podcast and so forth. So he just went out to a studio to, you know, um, check it out and do some recordings himself. So he's keeping himself busy with that. And I just got to figure out, hey, how do I make an impact here while I'm here? You yes, know? we were supposed to meet, but we will. No, we, will. we will. We'll get it together. Um, you know, it is definitely when there's more than when there's multiple people to pull together, it That's usually harder. puts a little discombobulated. I'm not good with group chats, I'll just be honest from this from the door, you know. So set it up and make sure I can um do it and 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 unless it's canceled, 
I'll see you when the time is. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but all that, I can't do the, oh, this no, yeah. Like, yeah, so, but it's great. And I'm, what's, and what's meant to be will be. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Our connections are to be made and whatever connections need to happen will happen. And you never know what connections are made for, or for what reason or what purpose they're serving. We get together and, you know, you just, you don't know. Like when I started talking to um, Ricardo, I'm thinking that, you know, um, he has a podcast. I have a podcast and um, he knows some people out here in New York. And and, and so that's where my head is. Correct. And, and here you and I end up in in conversation that just won't quit and we already have a meeting scheduled and you know so you just never know why people meet you never know the alignments right? exactly but you got to be open for it yes. open yes. for it acceptance but somebody in the chat wants to know what city are you in and was it hard decision to to let their older children stay in the u.s unless that child is grown oh that child was grown is grown on um, tall pumps but yeah she's like what city are you in so we are, yes, it was hard to leave my 25-year-old behind because he also needs me as much as the other two need me. So it's been really difficult. Um, he yeah. misses me like crazy, and he lets me know that every chance he gets. Um, but he's okay. He's an adult. Um, if you live in Panama City, Panama, yeah. right here on the Pacific Coast, are we I mean, I have a beautiful view of the ocean and the city. Um, I've been blessed, better than blessed, um, being out <laughs> And being able to accommodate my my six year old is autistic, um, Seth. And he, if you know anything about autism, they're very rigid in 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 their needs, right? And so getting him used to, I had to pretend we live in a hotel because you know he loves the resort lifestyle. So we've got a pool for him and all that good stuff. My twelve year old, it's been really hard for her because she doesn't speak Spanish, she doesn't understand it, and she. She has no friends here. All her friends are in the United States. So it's been hard. Even getting like services for my son while I'm out here, his speech therapy, his occupational therapy, yeah. that's been hard. I've been the therapist thus far. Yeah. Those are things that I see are lacking here a lot. Mm -hmm. And so here it is. We are U.S. citizens in a foreign land and with needs, right? Yeah. It, it's not been a, a easy road. It's it's been a hard journey, but we're committed, and and it's gonna happen, and we're gonna be well. God's got us, right? So we're that's gonna right. be. That's right. That's right. And you know what? Um, I think what I'll do is I'm gonna see if, you know, we have um here in the sisteration room on Tuesdays, like the first Tuesday of every month, we have Dr. Witherspoon. Dr. Witherspoon gives lectures. Um, she's a nutritionist. And she's a doctor of oriental medicine. So okay. she's all about alternative um, medicine, um, alternative um, treatments with, with organic food and yeah. vegetables and all of that stuff. And um, so she comes, when she comes the first of the, um, the first Tuesday of every month, she always brings like last, like the first Tuesday of last month was breast cancer prevention. Okay. And um, she really knows her stuff. Awesome. She really knows her stuff. She's been doing this for, she's been studying for, practicing for 30 years. Um, and uh, Shelly T, how are you? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, she's been, and Curious Job, thanks for your 100 love bits. I appreciate you. Um, so she, and, and Tall Pumps, thank you, love, for your 100 bits. So Dr. Witherspoon has helped a couple of my clients, well, one of my clients, 
um, I was fighting stage four breast cancer. Yeah, stage four. We were three sessions in. You know, as I told you, I was a, I'm a life coach. So we're three sessions in on hers, and um, and she went to see Dr. Witherspoon, and Dr. Witherspoon got her on her eating, and um, the young lady changed her life wow. in a row and started eating organically. We started putting different foods together. She actually had to see an oncologist um, for cyber knife um, uh, radiology, which is something that goes directly to the infected uh, cancer cell. Mm -hmm. And um, so not doesn't affect your hair or any, any of those other things and doesn't make you sick. So she is, can she is breast cancer free today. Right. Okay, that was from stage four cancer. Like, oh my God, it's so that's amazing. So, Dr. Witherspoon, um, she's definitely well studied. That's what I'm saying. Oh, we got we got a hype train. We have to pause for the hype train, y'all. We definitely have to pause for the hype train. <laughs> wow, we are at 25% on the hype train. Look at that level one. Y'all are awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we have three minutes and 32 seconds to go for the hype train. We will see where it takes us. Thank you, Shally T, for being here. So to my lurkers, too, thank everybody for being here. Um, I was saying to you, what was I saying? <laughs> about Dr. Witherspoon. Yes, and we always have to pause for our hype train. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, um, and thanks for the love on the hype train. So, Dr. Witherspoon has really helped. Um, she helps. If yes. you if you take her advice and you listen, she'll give you a, a, a regimen. Um, she's here in New York and Harlem, and um, I'm saying that to say she's given lectures on autism. Got it. And she um, she speaks on autism recovery. Mm. Yes. So what I'm going to do is ask her. So watch for us on the first Tuesday. Yes, absolutely. Of, of August. And I will ask her. In fact, I'm jotting it down. Thank you. Please and thank you. Ask her. I'm going to ask her to speak on um, autism recovery. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Absolutely. On autism recovery. Yeah, she's 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 really awesome. You'll you'll love her. She's really she's really she's very learnt, you know, as we say learnt with the T. Mm. Very, very so um Shelly T 500 love bits girl, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know, I always I don't always say, but you guys should know that these are donations that you guys, when you drop these love bits in, in at Woman on Silence, hey, truck driver 57, how are you? These are donations that go to Woman on Silence. And it just, it does everything to help us get ourselves in position to roll out our program, which uh, is, 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 is surrounded, which involves um, self-care, giving voice to pain, and our life coaching. So we have a psychotherapist, we have our nutritionist, and we have a life coach. So as a team that has helped us get ourselves back to, to get us to navigate us back to who we are um, in the realm of coming back, returning to society. So your gifts of love bits are donations. I just want you to know that. And I thank you so much. Um, 
Oh, we've got a random question. We're not going to hold you too much longer. <laughs> but we've got a random question. It's about cannabis. Is cannabis legal there? No. It's not? It's not. Ooh. <laughs> I might have to rethink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I will say I won't say people are not using, but it is not legal. Wow. I know. She says that they help. Um, she knows autistic patients that respond well to hemp treatment. Well, hemp is not cannabis because cannabis has the THC in it. As uh, right. right, yeah. Right. So she could still use some hemp. Right, can't you? Well, a, can, a child, can a child use hemp? Oh, I, I don't know. Probably, probably not. I have to a child. Your baby's six, right? Yeah, he's six. But I mean, even for adults, I mean, that's something I would want to look into as a social worker and seeing how I can bring some impact out here. That's thank you for that because that's something worth looking into and exploring more about. Absolutely, and you know who you could ask, right? Dr. Witherspoon? Absolutely. 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 She definitely um, knows and she speaks on. Um, yeah, she definitely would know the answer to that. And right, tall pumps is saying in a tropical place like that. Yeah, that's kind of it's kind of wild. You can't just kind of lay down and hang out, but that's all good. Girl, we'll meet in Jamaica. I mean, that's always an option. Huh? We can always go meet up in Jamaica. Right. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, she says, yes, but I was using the politically correct wording. But yes, it is effective for adults. And oh. Oh, okay. Well, Tall Pump says it's effective for adults and children. And yes, the THC and CBD make a difference. Okay. So, okay. right. So, so there's, I, I'm going to say there's no... Um, the THC is not in the in the in the hemp, right? Tall pumps. Yeah, I don't I don't think it is. I don't think it is. But they can it's not like they can't put it in there. So you have to read what you what you what you Correct. get. Correct. Because that's what makes it, you know, the illegal yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the illegal thing. Wow. So Girl, what would you like to tell, you know what, what would you like to say to the people in the chat that are waiting for loved ones to return to, from, you know, to society? I feel like my number one message, and that's solely based on my personal experience. Um, every, no man is an island. We were all created in need of each other. Everyone needs family. Everyone needs that consistent support, whether you're incarcerated or not, without a consistent support that you can trust loves you unconditionally, we are, we're left to our own cognizance. I feel like the number one message I want to bring out there is love your loved ones that are incarcerated. Oh. Um, they need us now more than ever. It's hard in there. It's, it's no man's land in there. And the only source of strength and, and, and um, hope that they have while they're in there comes from us who are out here. So if you have a loved one, whether it's a spouse, a 
significant other, a family member, understand that your support is what sustains their well-being, their mental health. Their sense of hope comes from us. So don't give up on them. No one's perfect. None of us here can say we've not made mistakes. We've not made bad choices. Some of them are in there, innocently in there. Don't deserve to be in there. No one deserves it. But I mean, some might do. But nonetheless, if you have a loved one that needs you, be there. And I mean, a simple phone call, a letter, a chat. Most of these prisons have ways that you can send emails to the inmates. I mean, my husband was telling me that he longed for my emails. He would read them at night before bed. Um, and the inspiration and the hope that it brings to them is so dire and so important and so crucial in their survival. Mm -hmm. So be there for them. Wait for them. They need you. They need us. And they're worthy of it. They're mm -hmm. worthy. Thank you, beautiful sister. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate those words. I felt those words. And for someone that has not been to prison, I appreciate that you get it. Yes. I appreciate that you get it. And now that you have Ricardo home, you know, um, I would love to be able to reach out to you from time to time so that you can share some of those words with people that I bring, you know, with my guests that I bring to the, to this, to this, to Absolutely. The and, and Cookie to share the journey, right? Because yeah. it's not over yet. It's not over. And, 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 and we go through things so that we can be that source of, of enlightenment to someone else. Mm -hmm. so just to follow our journey. Hey, here it is. Now his family's here with him, but what's next, right? What's 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 to come? And just I would love to share our experience with 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 the world, with everyone. Everyone um, can use a sense of hope. Not that everything's gonna go well all the time, but just to know that someone else is going through what you're going through, and we can share that together. Yeah, that brings hope. Yes, 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 yes. Oh my gosh, yes. Once again, I really, I sincerely appreciate you. Uh, I, you know, words really don't, I'm, I'm at a loss for the words to really express how much I appreciate what you've said. And especially in this closing, it's so, it's so important. It's so everything, it's everything. People yeah. always talk about, is it hard in prison? What, hard what? I don't have no scratches on my face. I ain't broke down. I ain't broken. My limbs are good. I'm good. You know, it's not about that. That's not what makes life hard in prison. It mm -hmm. not, has nothing to do with worried about being having a fight or getting beat up or, or busting somebody's ass. It has nothing. That is not where the hard comes in at. It is being absent of love. Yes. It is being absent of that, that true, unconditional okay. love. There's you're in a place where you trust no one. Mm. You trust no. And the feds, we only get 15 minutes on the phone. Mm -hmm. You, what kind of conversation are you having on the phone in 15 minutes with 30 minutes in between? It's love, and it's that unconditional love. And and we need you when we were inside. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alhamdulillah. I appreciate you, my love. I appreciate you immensely. 
Absolutely. I can't wait to come back to us. Absolutely. You know, I'm going to have you back and everybody's clapping. Everybody's loving you right now. So <laughs> thank you so much, Kira. Give my love to your husband. I and will. So be patient. Yes. God is good. God is good. Sweetheart. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, 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 beautiful chat. That was, um, that was, she was awesome. She really, she really understood. I love talking to the people that are waiting for their loved ones because some, a lot, many, 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 many of our loved ones that are waiting don't get it. Um, we don't get it. There's a lot of us from the inside that don't get it, but I'm gonna say there's more from the outside that don't get it. Because while we're inside, I can say that we're sitting and we are um, thinking, we're reflecting and we're wondering what our what our steps are gonna be. We, we have plans, most of us have plans. When we, come, when we come home, we're gonna do this. I mean, everybody in prison says, when I come home, I'm gonna do this. And when I come home, I'm gonna do that. So whether they're solid plans, cohesive plans, or things that can actually happen, everybody's got a plan of what they're gonna do when they get home. And it doesn't, when you get home, it doesn't jive with the person that's waiting for you necessarily. The person that's waiting for you, I understand, wants a hug, wants to be loved, wants to cuddle, wants to coddle, wants to be in the bed for days, right? But what you guys um, don't get from the outside is that the first, the first at, upon entrance into prison, you are presented with some sweats. And y'all know I hate sweats, okay? If I can't be cute, I ain't happy. So... <laughs> But you're presented with sweats and some slippers and a bed. And that's that's your immediacy throughout however long you're in prison. So for Kira to get it, and yes, it probably does make a difference that you know she she um she um has a background in social work that she would, you know, that she is educated and had a background in social work. But for all involved in waiting for some a loved one to return home or the, the one that's waiting to return home, it's important for us to, to, to be mindful of each other's need for space still. Because we don't, we don't, we don't, you, we don't really know what you went through, and and you certainly, certainly, to God's grace and glory, you don't know what we we went through. We don't wish it on you, and um, yeah, because many of us wouldn't wish prison on our worst enemy. It's the worst. Uh, it's the worst experience that I've ever known. It's just the the absence of love is incredible, unfathomable is what I want to say. So while you're out here, you know, in arguments with your significant others or in arguments with your parents or your, your kids or your tweens and all of that stuff, it sounds crazy to say, but love it, love it. Because in there, if you ain't arguing, probably fighting, <laughs> you know, um, or fake loving on somebody and, and, and all that all that other for the stay stuff that they do in there. 
So to God be the glory. It really is about love. Love really, really, really is, um, is the key. It's the tie that binds. Chuck Jiver says, thanks for the info because I have a brother who is in for, oh my Lord. Thanks for the info, Truck Driver 57 says, because I have a brother who's in for 45 to life and he only gets to talk for five minutes at a time. He's in for something that he did not do, but I'm waiting and fighting to get him released. I'm praying that your brother gets released. How long has he been in there so far, um, truck driver? Yeah, let us know how, how long he's been in here, been in there so far. Thank you, sister, for the um for the congrats on the on the conversation. Yeah, yeah, definitely nice talking to Kira. It's nice to hear that side, um, that positive side of waiting, that healthy side of waiting. Five years, he's been in five years. He's feeling it at this point. He's feeling it, and um, truck driver, he's feeling it. Because after, after I, I'm going to say this is my own personal, and for for those of you that know or don't know, and those that are in the um, that are listening, I myself have done um, a 10 year sentence uh, back in 2012. I, I, I pled guilty for charges of uh, white collar fraud and was sentenced to 10 years. So I'm going to give you my opinion on that five years, truck driver. After 18 months, and this is truly my opinion, okay? After 18 months of prison, unless unless if you're in there for bodily harm and in and other um, heinous acts or or that's how they describe heinous acts, I am not necessarily speaking to that, and I'm not talking about the person that is charged with a violent crime that was defending themselves. And I don't want to really place judgment. So let me back myself up off of that space that I kind of entered into. Um, after 18 months of prison, you really got it at that point. For the most part, your average person gets it. Once you go beyond 18 months of prison, the lesson gets lost, especially for young people. The lesson gets lost. It's like, because you go through such a, a, a um, such a, what I'm gonna say, metamorphosis in 18 months that you have actually, you've actually reflected, accepted, and have possibly changed um, some of that thinking in 18 months built a relationship with God in, within those 18 months. Again, this is my opinion um, and my observance of others that I've been around for, for, for that 10-year sentence. Um, so what happens after 18 months is that it repeats itself. The cycle repeats itself. You reflect some more. You might go a little deeper. You might not. Chances are, depending on who you are, you might not. But it, it's it, every day is the same old, is the same old, is the same old. So what happens is you have to start finding a reason to get up every morning. Yeah, for real, for real. You can enter, you, you know, 
you can enter in some really low spaces in there. Um, and for me, I've always forced myself out of the bed. So, you know, I'm not new to working out. I've been working out since I was 20, since I had my, since my young, since my oldest son was two months old. So that's about the only thing you can control in prison is, 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 is the, um, is your weight. Now, some of us choose to just let it go. But for me, it was, that was what sustained me as well as the relationship I had built with God. So it repeats itself. It repeats itself. It repeats itself. Your, your, your loved ones, like Kira said, she said it the best. Your loved ones need you. They need a letter. They need that five minutes when they call. They do need for your earth and your world to stop because they do need to talk to you, even if it's just for two minutes. But um, I'm gonna land that plane right there. I appreciate you guys. Yes, we are gonna shut it down on the nine o'clock dime. Boom, boom. Let's see where we're going and who we're gonna forward this love to. Do I have any church announcements? We are going to say right now, good night to Facebook. We appreciate you. We see you out there, Facebook. Thanks for the love. No question about it. Brian O'Malley, I think you were from, um, from Facebook. Appreciate you or, uh, or YouTube. Thank you for stopping through. Facebook, I'm going to say good night to you. Good night, good night. YouTube, I'm saying good night to you. Thank you for joining us. Twitch, where my people at? <laughs> Twitch on the church announcements. Okay, let's see what we got on the church announcements. Let's see. <clears throat> so, oh, I think Thursday we're gonna be we're gonna be in the the um, the sisteration room with someone i was incarcerated with you know i like to bring my bunkies to the to the to the stage every once in a while right <laughs> so um yeah i think that she's gonna come join us she'll join us on thursday and then that following thursday you know is our lgbtqia plus community thursday and um and we'll have a special guest next week i spoke to i did speak to um a sister friend of mine who i didn't know was part of ACS. So she's going to come talk to us. Now, I'm not sure when, because after uh, having a conversation with her last night and realizing all of this, that she will, um, she has to go through clearances and stuff to see, you know, when she can actually, that she can actually come on and talk. Um, so we're going to have her and she's from ACS. So ACS is child services. And I'm excited for her to come on because I was so enlightened last night after, you know, when talking to her about the domestic violence and how the children are removed from the home. And she is in, in the position of actually helping the children, helping the parent retrieve the child and so that they can continue their life. She loves what she does. Like I said, she's a sister friend of mine. So I can, I can actually vouch that she loves what she does. And um, so she's going to be coming to talk to us. Now, I think what I'm going to do is Woman on Silence is going to actually have 
um, an event, an outside event. Yes, we're going to take our web-based podcast to the streets, okay, and put something out there for us to um, to 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 um, to have an event to have an event, and uh, we'll see. But with somebody that high up in the um, in the um, in the government, you know, an ACS, uh, it would be great that we would have an actual event. So we'll probably plan something like that, unless you can come sooner than soon. So that'd be great. Okay, yeah, that would be great, right? Um, so she's familiar with the shelters, and so she's gonna she's gonna help Woman in Silence make some things happen. But so to God be the glory, God bless her. All right, so let's see where we are going to go today. Now, who do we have on? I appreciate you, Curious John Tall Pumps. Thank you guys for being here. Always, always, always. I appreciate you. Look at little. I see her. I see her. I see her. Let me see. Looking someplace to take this show on the road. You know, it's summertime, you guys. So, you know, we're really going to shut down the 930 and roll us on out of here at 9. So we can still get out in the streets. Copy the raid message. The lurkers, please copy the raid message so you can, guys can go on over with us. I'm glad to see, you know, um, I published the the... I published the podcast now on the back end. So I'm happy to see that those, you know, people are watching it later. I know it's summertime. I didn't expect that a lot of people would be sitting in, in the chat um, during the summer hours. Thank you, 12 Pumps. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too, Ja, Curious Ja. All right, so let's take this on to DJ Mai Tai. Let's give DJ Mai Tai some love. Y'all please stay on. It's seven of us. I hope seven of us go on over because y'all know DJ Mai Tai always has some good, um, she's always playing a, a good, some good music. So I'm ready. I'm ready when y'all are. Let's rock. Copy the raid message, please, you guys. And if you guys have not watched American Gangster Trap Queens season three, episode seven, watch it. <laughs> oh yes, yours truly is starring in that show. Are we on our way? Yes, we are on our way. We're coming your way, DJ Mai Tai. Uh-oh, six. Maybe I make seven. Oh, there's eight. Copy that raid message, whoever you are. Get on this train and let's ride.
<laughs> we leaving the station. Choo -choo. Ha, ha, ha.